0: Good morning. Um, today is the Good Shepherd Sunday, uh, usually our name day feast uh, at the parish of the Good Shepherd. Um, we'll have to figure out some way to celebrate uh, later on in the summer. Um, as it is, the readings for Good Shepherd Sunday always come from John chapter 10, and that is uh, indeed the passage I wish to bring a word uh, to you from. John chapter 10, verses 1 and 2 read like this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, I imagine that in the eyes of a sheep, uh, most humans look about the same. A uh, picture imagine imagine with me that you are uh, an actual sheep and imagine that you see two men one uh, straight ahead of you and one off to the side as far as they look as humans they wouldn't be much to distinguish them how could you tell which one is the Shepherd which one you should actually follow um, the answer Jesus gives is sort of twofold in John chapter 10 um, those who know his voice but chiefly what he begins with is those the one who enters um, not those, he whose voice you recognize, but the one who enters by the gate. The true shepherd has no need to be sneaky uh, by hopping over the wall. Only a thief would do that. And I think there's a lot of meaning in this teaching um, for us today. You know, it says um, in the middle of our reading from John chapter 10 this morning, it says the disciples didn't understand what he was talking about. Anytime you see that in scripture, it means there's a lot going on in the passage um, that just preceded it. So the first meaning is that Jesus comes to us according to the scriptures. Sheep um, in the picture are enclosed by a wall, right? Uh, in a first century version of a a sheep fence. Uh, And a door is the permitted entrance that the wall provides. So the wall, I believe, stands for the Old Testament law. That's how um, John Chrysostom interpreted it. Um, the, The law surrounded and protected and made unique the people of Israel. And the Old Testament contains many, many prophecies about the Messiah, as in fact we've been studying since last Sunday's sermon. Prophecies that are a doorway, so to speak, that the one who fulfills these is the promised Messiah. The Messiah would come according to the Scriptures. Jesus is himself the culmination and the fulfillment of the Scriptures, as well as the um, the satisfaction of all the prophecies about the Messiah. A shepherd who would come on any other terms than the scripture lays out is not really the shepherd. The way in which Christ Jesus fulfills the Old Testament is the proof of his claim to be the one true Messiah for all time. But as well as the historical claim that's embedded in Jesus' teaching here, this idea remains true for us today that Jesus comes to us according to the scriptures. And I think this is true in both directions. Um, First, that we primarily encounter Jesus by reading the Bible. That yes, as God grows us deeper into the life of prayer, we can encounter him spiritually in in the midst of our prayer life, but that's built on the foundation of encountering him in the scriptures. And in the other direction, um, Jesus from his throne in heaven right now will never ask us to disobey the scriptures. He's never gonna hop over the wall He's only going to come through the door and lead us through that same door right that the same door that the Messiah comes through is the door that the sheep leave out of in the parable in the picture that we follow in the shepherd's footsteps in obedience to the scriptures so I think one sort of uh, takeaway from this uh, passage in John chapter 10 is that if you ever think in in prayer like try say you're trying to discern a specific decision If you ever think Jesus is asking you to do something that you know is forbidden by the Bible, um, I assure you it's not Jesus that's speaking, it's the robber. Because the shepherd will always come through the door. Jesus will always guide in accordance with the scriptures. Jesus never contradicts the scriptures. He fulfills them, but he never contradicts. It's not the case with the robber, right? The robber actually by definition according to jesus contradicts the scriptures he comes to lie Uh, he's the father of lies and he comes to rob kill and destroy Um, he will contradict the scripture to conscience whenever uh, the teaching is particularly hard to obey the robber sneaks his message in illegitimately i think that's a figure of hopping over the wall in the first century this the uh, immediate reference to this would be all the false messiahs who there were many of them around Jesus's time and then heretics who came after Jesus uh, were all uh, embodiments of this figure of the robber in our day I think this is a fitting description of media that we consume and I mean every media books articles talk shows movies the news Music, TV shows, YouTube, everything that we could look at, all media. Um, every media channel is presenting a message that we should understand to be in the same playing field as the gospel. And it either harmonizes with it or doesn't. It either contradicts or affirms. I really believe that every song, every song on every channel of the radio is a worship song. It's worshiping something. Every face on every screen. On every YouTube channel, every news show, whatever it is, every face is a preacher. Every movie, every TV show is an icon. The question is simply, what is being preached? What is being worshipped? What is being iconized? 90% of the time, it's the illusory glamour and false security of riches and power, if not baser things. But we don't usually think of media's messages as being in the same playing field as the gospel. They present themselves as much more harmless, as if it's just entertainment. But that's just it. They leap over the wall of our minds using the figure Jesus gives us. They leap over the wall and they are in our midst even before we know it, right? That you don't analyze the message of a movie before watching the movie. You've already watched the movie by the time you would be able to analyze the message. It's already leapt over the fence if what any media is proclaiming is anything other than the way of the crucified one, the way way of um, relinquishing of self-direction and of sort of radical freedom in order to be able to follow Jesus, Um, the way of following God who permits suffering, uh, who doesn't uh, cause us to escape from it, the way of God who promises um, bliss in the future but not necessarily comfort now uh, or safety, that's the way of the crucified one Anything other is the voice of the robber who would rob us of eternal life. That's what he's a thief of. So I encourage you to not listen to anything that doesn't come through the door of the scripture. Now this doesn't mean don't watch any media, but I think it means being really judicious and ruthless with the media that we do take in and be very careful um, to discern as much as we can ahead of time what message is gonna be preached. If the preacher on the screen and they're all preachers says, for instance, don't obey the government. Right? As a message that's kind of being floated around in some of the um, uh, the season of the initial burst of coronavirus. Anyone who says don't obey the government is a robber. We read today in First Peter 2.13, it couldn't be clearer. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him. I remember Peter is writing in an age when the authorities were actually harassing, persecuting, and killing Christians. So it's not implying, well, if the government makes the right decision, it actually says very clearly in 1 Peter, even when the person over you makes the wrong decision, that's actually when it's especially gracious um, to and important to obey and to follow. So that's why in talking about opening up the church, we're going to follow state guidelines, uh, and because we're called to obey the the uh, civil authorities. So we're going to read the letter of the law carefully and do the best that we can uh, under the constraints that we're given. If the worship song on the radio, and they are all worship songs, says, "Listen to your heart." Um, I always think of that '90s or '80s ballad, "Listen to Your Heart," when it's calling to you. That's one of the few perks of uh, preaching from home is you get bursts of. <laughs> 90s song samples but that message is actually not a Bible message right the Bible message is in Jeremiah 17 that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked that's not a thing you would listen to the worldly message contradicts the Bible message so it can't be the voice of the Shepherd I think sometimes because our flesh we, we want to find teachers that tickle our ears when we're in a time of discerning what the Lord wants for us We hear things like that song on the radio, and we think, oh, is that God speaking? If it's against the scriptures, it's not God speaking. The sneakiest trick of all, I think, is when the robber tries to imitate the sound of the shepherd's voice. And I think one of the um, big categories where this happens today is with the word love. We Christians know that God is love, it says in the Bible. So when we hear someone mentioning love, we think, oh, maybe that's the voice of the shepherd speaking, because God is love, right? But then we must investigate if what any preacher and any media says um, is loving fits with god's definition of love according to the scriptures and he gives many many parameters many many directions right and if it's not then it's actually just the robber trying to imitate the shepherd's voice god and his love would never contradict the bible because god gave us the bible the shepherd always enters by the gate that's the figure and the reason that we should listen to the one true Shepherd is because he is the only one the only one who as it says in verse 9 can lead us using the sheep image lead us to go in and out and find pasture in and out and find pasture I think we're sometimes tempted to think of God's commands or the many many directions that are that, that chafe against the flesh in the Bible as just killjoys, but the very opposite is true the shepherd's directions are the only way that we can find pasture. Anything other than the shepherd, Jesus Christ, won't take us to pasture. Is actually to steal our life away. The only way we can find what our souls truly need, and I think that I love the dual directionality of the sheep image—going in and going out, going in to the peace that only a Christian can have in this troublesome life. And going out is a figure for entering paradise that awaits the Christian in the next life. Going in and going out, the life of a sheep. Only the true shepherd has our best in mind. The false shepherd, the robber, only wants to kill us. That's what verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Unpacking that, to steal, to steal away from the fold of God, to lure away from God and his truth. To kill, I think spiritually, to lead into deadly sin. That would lead the soul into death, and then destroy, is a picture of the torments of hell. The good shepherd, on the other hand, comes to give us life, and life abundantly. That's the opposite. That the whatever um, tricksy words the robber may use, um, they are to lead. They lead us away from life. Following the shepherd leads us into life and life abundantly. Lastly, I want to. Um, just comment on the identity of the Good Shepherd briefly. Um, We all, I think, instinctively know from Christian piety that the Good Shepherd is Jesus Christ, and indeed he is, as it says in uh, chapter 11 of our, uh, sorry, verse 11 of John chapter 10, which is um, the Good Shepherd reading in next year's cycle of readings. Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. But in today's reading, Jesus says, I am the door through which the shepherd comes. And so there's this sort of, how do we put these images together? How do we understand it? I actually think what we have in this teaching is a marvelous picture of the Trinity. So in the Old Testament, it's really clear that God is the shepherd of Israel. We see this in many places, but maybe most prominently in Jeremiah chapter 31 or Isaiah 40, 11. It's Yahweh, the one true God, who is the shepherd of his people. Right? God is the good shepherd, the God who Jesus calls Father so in many ways it's right to say that god is the shepherd even god the father is the shepherd and when jesus says that he is the door in john ten seven, what he's saying is he is the one through whom the father comes the good shepherd comes through the door right the father comes to us through the son as jesus says to philip if you've seen me you've seen the father but because Jesus and the Father are one, a teaching non-coincidentally in John chapter 10, just a little later in, in verse 30, right? Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Therefore, it's right to call Jesus the Good Shepherd, but he's the Good Shepherd because he's God, right? Yes, he's the Messiah. Yes, he's the tender, uh, tend, ten, um, the tender of our souls, the overseer of our souls, but he is the Good Shepherd because he's God, who is the shepherd of his people. Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. There's even the I am overtone, which I'm sure you've heard sermons on before, echoing uh, God speaking to Moses in the burning bush, I am who I am. We could also then say that the voice of the shepherd has some analogy to the Holy Spirit, who speaks to us, right? It's the Spirit that communicates to us the directions of Jesus and where Jesus is. It's the Spirit that points us to Jesus, who takes us to the Father. It's the voice of the shepherd that cues us where the shepherd is and where to go. The Holy Spirit kind of fills the air, as it were, between our souls and our Savior. So, yeah, Jesus is the good shepherd, absolutely. But more fully, the triune God is the good shepherd. He, God, is the one who leads us to good pasture, the only pasture that can satisfy our souls. All glory to him, Father son and holy spirit amen i encourage you now to um pray the great litany as we've been doing uh, in this time of church at home and to make an act of spiritual communion around 11 o'clock and i'm uh, meeting with the vestry on tuesday i would ask for your prayers for that meeting as we seek to discern what's the um, safest and most god-honoring and civil authority honoring way in which we can reopen church and i'm hopeful that we'll be able to gather in some form uh starting next week so i hope to be able to see you um for on uh maybe in person some of you next sunday or yet to be determined um but I'm, i'm very hopeful okay god bless you